Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are chatting about the difference between hoarding and collecting, which is something that comes up more often than you'd think. Lots of people have a discussion about this and quite often people throw the word hoarding around when really they mean collecting. So I I thought it might be a good idea to unpack these two ideas, collecting and hoarding, and really discuss the differences between them. So where should we start, Mm. Beck? All right. So I guess probably we should define hoarding a little bit because it's misused a little bit and it's also got a dual use uh, in that hoarding with a lowercase h is just kind of collect um, I was going to say collecting <laughs> that just see this is why people get confused um so hoarding with a lowercase h, h so hoarding with a lowercase h is just keeping things it's the definition of it is keeping i didn't look at the dictionary definition but it would be something like keeping things keeping a stash of things hanging on to stuff i i think um, of it in terms of like squirreling away you know yeah. like yeah yeah like- yeah, just hanging on to stuff. Um, and it doesn't, hoarding with a lowercase h, what the meaning that's in the dictionary doesn't mean incredibly high volumes, doesn't mean squalor, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means keeping stuff. So that's something that we all do. Mm-hmm. We all, to some degree, hoard things. Uh, we hang on to them because sometimes we don't know why, sometimes we do know why, but we just hang on to our stuff, uh, things that we, we could possibly live without, um, and we hang on to them. The, we, within lowercase hoarding, there's also two – sorry, lowercase h hoarding also has two types um, that I see, active and passive. So passive hoarding is when you kind of go through life – bringing things into your life, into your possession, but don't actually get rid of much stuff. So you might, you know, get a new iron and keep the old one as a spare and then, you know, get a new vacuum cleaner and don't throw out the old one, keep it for parts, for example. So you just keep adding things to your belongings without ever really actively decluttering. And so this then has a passive accumulation passive kind of collecting and this is what I see a lot with downsizers so people who've been in their house for 50 years uh, they've been passively hoarding (laughs) all those sorts of stuff over the last 50 years and just putting it in backs of cupboards and going oh there's room for it so it'll just go there um, but not really using it so that's sort of a real passive um, hoarding then there is uh, active hoarding with a lowercase h and that is just doing stuff like doomsday prepping or panic buying toilet paper during COVID or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's something that, you know, happens across a really broad cross-section of the community. So then we have hoarding disorder. So this is why I keep saying lowercase h, because hoarding disorder is the name of a disorder. And so the word hoarding is used in the name of a mental illness. And so that's why I wanted to def- differentiate between that uppercase h and lowercase h, because as well as it being just a regular behavior that we do and squirrels do and, you know, all sorts of creatures do, it's something that is also part of the name of a, of a, um, of a mental illness. So it's either called compulsive hoarding or hoarding disorder. So do you have a definition for hoarding disorder then? 
So yeah, the definition of uh, compulsive hoarding or hoarding disorder is a definition that is in the DSM, which is the oh, diagnostic statistical s- manual. Statistical manual, yeah. So it's the I just say DSM. It's much safer. I can say DSM and still sound like I know what I'm talking about if I try to say that what it actually means. <laughs> I lose all credibility. Uh, but that is the manual that is used by mental health professionals to diagnose mental health conditions. So the definition that is in the DSM is that um, hoarding disorder is the acquisition of and failure to discard a large number of possessions that appear to be useless or of limited value, that living spaces are, suffi- are sufficiently cluttered so as to preclude activities for which those spaces were designed, and there is significant distress or impairment in functioning caused by the hoarding. So that is the definition, um, the official definition in the DSM. And so that's sort of the, the official thing. So basically it's the, it's a mental illness. It's something that can't necessarily be controlled. It's not something that happens to everyone. Uh, about three to five percent of the population are thought to be afflicted with hoarding disorder. And so it's again, not as common and widespread as the, the, the active and passive lowercase hoarding that we all do uh, it's uh, at a different level to that and I guess that's what most of us think of when we think of hoarding is that typical tv image you know from yeah. the show hoarders where there's squalor where there's you know overstuffed houses to the point where people can't function in them and that kind of stuff mm. that's quite quite often what we have in our mind when we think of hoarding but then mm-hmm. we also still throw it around, like bandy mm-hmm. the word around about hoarding toilet paper. Um, mm. So it's good that you've yeah. clarified the uppercase and the lowercase because they are, you know. They're different. They're both different. valid. Mm. Yeah, and they're both valid. And I think it's just we just have to be we have to be mindful that when we are using the words that we're using them correctly in the correct context, uh, I guess. And that's, I mean, the hoarding disorder is a whole seminar (laughs) it's a whole Mm -hmm. course that I run um but just briefly um you know when somebody has hoarding disorder I I like to sort of not call them hoarders because they are also people who have a whole lot of other characteristics about Mm. them as well as the hoarding behavior and so the use of the word hoarder uh, I find to be a little offensive so I tend to avoid using it and I often can be found on the internet telling people off for using it <laughs> uh, anyway we all have our little our little bugbears don't we and that one's one for me I'm, I'm frequently telling people off about that no but I think I think that's good and I think it's good to bring an awareness to it because a lot of people do it without thinking of mm. the the people that might be affected by hearing that or hearing themselves yeah. described in that manner or loved ones or friends or whatever it is, whoever it is being described as a hoarder rather than a person that's suffering. Because, you know, there's a lot of other people that suffer with inabilities to to function a certain way with um, impairments, but we Mm. don't define them in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that, that whole person first language of you know a person who hoards is is far more respectful and and it just takes into account the fact that it's a person it's not they are not one condition um, although it does you know in in extreme cases completely dominate their lives it's not the only thing they are and it's not the only thing about them yeah so then i can't ask you really about collectors i need to say 
What about people that collect? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Well, that's right. I think collectors are quite happy to self-identify as collectors. I think, I don't think they, I don't think they would find that um, uh, offensive. And that's, and actually, that brings up another point of the fact that hoarding disorder and hoarding behaviours are really demonised. And there's a stigma attached to them, which is really unfortunate because it means that people aren't willing to speak up about it, to seek help, um, to be open and vulnerable about their condition because it's so often maligned and Mm. uh, it's portrayed really negatively, which is a shame. And I think that, you know, collecting, that's portrayed in a positive light. People aren't you know, they don't, people don't sort of screw up their nose when someone says, you know, that person over there is a collector, you know. No one's going to go, ooh, you know, yuck, or, oh, I wonder what their house looks like. They're not going to do that, you know. But, you know, the, there's a stigma attached to, to hoarding disorder, which means that, you know, they're, yeah, the use of that, that condition first language is far more offensive. Mm. You defined hoarding disorder can you define collecting is there a definition for being a collector or someone that collects oh well that would be uh, a hobby of acquiring items but they're usually within a certain category and some collectors also collect as a a profession you know they buy and sell things um, to make money so collectors often have that as an income um, source of income as well because they uh, will collect things and then sell those collections um, as well, or they will trade on those collections to improve improve their their value of their collections. Yeah. So, one thing that I've heard said a lot when people have someone in their life that is a collector, they will say, you know, oh, my husband hoards motorcycle mm. memorabilia, or my wife hoards teacups and teapots. Uh, you know, and they talk about it in that language, but they there is a clear difference. So where do we, how do we define what those differences are? Are there key things that you would say a collector does versus uh, what a person with hoarding disorder does that are really obvious to tell the difference? Yeah, I mean, there there is some blurriness um, because there's there could be some people with hoarding disorder who are also collectors. So you might find somebody with hoarding disorder who does collect a strong, strongly attracted to a certain category of belonging but they also tend to um, go outside that line. So they will, you know, sometimes be specifically attracted to maybe scrap metal, but they're also collecting um, books as well, you know, or newspapers or something like that. Uh, Whereas usually a collector is a bit more restricted to uh, one particular category or a, a genre of 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 collections and they don't tend to then collect high volumes of other types of belongings as well. In your experience, have you seen a clear difference in the level of organisation between collectors and people with hoarding disorder? Like are people that collect Mm. generally more organised and more sequential and, you know, uh, control their collection in a, a, you know, more functional way or does it really Mm -hmm. just depend on the person? No, usually, and and this is because hoarding dis- one of the characteristics of hoarding disorder brains is an executive dysfunction, which causes difficulty in prioritizing and categorizing. So, if somebody has hoarding disorder, 
they are they find it really difficult to organize their belongings so you will find sometimes some organization but a lot of it's just they're based on their memory rather than on categorizing and prioritizing so you'll find that with hoarding it's more likely to show uh, as a disorganized kind of collection whereas collectors take some pride in showing off their items they take pride in the quality of them um, they do like to often categorize them and sort them and depending on the volume some collectors end up with unhelpful volumes which means that they find it really difficult to then organize because there's not enough space to do so mm. but they do try hard uh, they are more likely to have that capability in their brain to, to organize unless they have an executive dysfunction from another condition like perhaps ADHD or autism or something like that but mostly they are far more able to categorize than than people with hoarding disorder for sure that's something that I guess separates the two. Are there things that the the two, collecting and suffering with hoarding disorder, are there things that they have in common or that are common overlaps that might be why people confuse the two? Mm. Um, one more difference that I want to go on first, though, is the ability to let go. Mm. So a big difference between... Um, collectors and people who hoard is that collectors are much more likely to be able to part with with their belongings. Hoarding disorder is definitely one of the symptoms is an an inability to discard items. So you will find collectors can buy and sell um, often quite happily. Sometimes they get very attached to their belongings and flatly refuse to, but it's not a mental illness. It's, you know, because of the amount of time they've put into it or how much they love it or how valuable it is or or something like that. Whereas um, with hoarding disorder, it's that the actual mental illness that's that's causing the inability to let go. So so people who collect are much more likely to be able to uh, part with, with their belongings. So then what they have in common um, is lots of stuff. <laughs> so that's where a lot of people will say, uh, you know, oh, such and such is, you know, is a hoarder. Um, and it's, it's more likely they've just, they've just collected perhaps beyond the boundaries that their storage allows them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do end up having lots of stuff. So I guess another overlap between the two can be per- perfectionism. So, when you are collecting things, you know, often people like, you know, a full sequence of items or all items from, you know, a particular category or mm. um, depending on the genre of their collection, I guess, and they seek to have all or, you know, items that fit together in some some particular way that makes sense to mm. them. But I guess as well that perfectionism streak can run through people with hoarding disorder as well because they – they want all of something. They want, they're not, mm. you know, content to just keep some newspapers, for example. They need to keep mm. all of the newspapers that come into their possession or find all of them um, and retain them all. So I guess there's that little element of perfectionism that is a real overlap between the two. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that perfectionism does show up in both. And it it's not uh, more prevalent in either than the other, if that makes sense. It's not always a characteristic. It's not a symptom of hoarding disorder necessarily. Mm-hmm. OCD can be comorbid and is frequently comorbid with hoarding disorder. So you will see um, OCD if that has a – if they have just right OCD where they have a little bit of perfectionism uh, caused by the OCD, then 
then they will definitely have it. But they might just have that perfectionist nature as well, um, just naturally with either their collecting behaviours or their their hoarding disorder. What about becoming, you mentioned OCD, but what about just becoming obsessed or like really Mm. highly focused and supremely motivated by by you know the acquisition of items is that yeah i mean because i know people that collect things and they are (laughs) insanely focused and intent on finding you know seeking out acquiring items yeah completing that little set yeah yeah so that must be that you know that determined focus to acquire um, must be something that runs through both yeah yeah i think the difference between them would be that Often with hoarding disorder, it's acquiring anything that is the itch they need to scratch, whereas with collectors it would be uh, acquiring something to, as part of their, their collection. But, yeah, they are very very focused, very motivated collectors. And I would actually say that collectors um, probably have a, yeah, just have a narrower focus, but otherwise the behaviour can be, you know, quite quite similar in that single-mindedness at times. Do you think that both hoarding disorder and people that collect, do you think they both equally get a thrill from the acquisition, like the Mm. actual acquisition of the item? Or do people that suffer with hoarding disorder get more of a sense of relief from from having the item rather than acquiring? Do you think there's a difference there or do you think they Mm. both get the buzz from the acquisition? They definitely both get a buzz from the acquisition and I think that the people with hoarding disorder get great comfort from having their belongings. So they have sort of a – they both have benefits that last. Mm-hmm. So they both, you know, have the thrill of the chase, the thrill of the acquisition and then the comfort of the owning. So I would say that it's probably just a little bit more extreme for those with hoarding disorder. Mm. Um, but it would be – it's definitely apparent in both, yeah. And it might – almost this is just me thinking out loud it might almost be more comfort for people with hoarding disorder and like satisfaction for people yeah that yeah. are collectors because they might not necessarily derive comfort but they would derive that sense of completion or satisfaction that they've yeah. got the next sequential thing or whatever it is that they're they're collecting the thing on their list yeah yeah mm. no i definitely agree with that yep there would be a difference there is there any clear difference between the two and the price of the items they acquire? Are people with hoarding disorder mm. more likely to acquire items that are inexpensive? Because I guess the, you know, in the beginner's mind of looking at people that have hoarding disorder, it all kind of looks from the outside as if it's junk. It's newspapers, it's, you know, mm. Stuff that doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily yeah, like takeaway antiques. And, yeah, it's you yeah. know everyday items quite often, and that's a real, a really generalistic view, where people that are collecting generally either the items have value themselves or they have value as a collection. So, would you say price is is different? Um, sometimes I think. I mean, I've seen people who collect sticks, mm. <laughs> you know, and and they're just. They don't really have any monetary value or, or even, you know, value to, to sell on, but they collect them because they like the aesthetic or whatever. They might 
collect twix, you know, sticks that look a, like a certain thing or, or something like that. Or so, polished or rocks, rocks, you know, or stones yeah. and those kind of Yeah, rocks yeah. or like sea glass or something like that that, that they can – that, you know, really doesn't have a great deal of value. So, yeah, I think there's – because I think yeah, probably collectors, because they're more focused, might be more likely to just – collect the things that are of um, part of that collection and that may have more value or may not. Um, whereas, yeah, people who hoard, and that, I guess that's another misconception about people who hoard is that, or people with hoarding disorder, is that they people sort of go, oh, it's just they just collect takeaway packets and tissues and newspapers. But actually there are some really high value belongings that are hoarded by people with hoarding disorder. So uh, it doesn't, um, it's just that, they collect more stuff in general, so then they do have more of that lower value stuff as well as sometimes the higher value belongings mm. as well. Uh, so it's sort of definitely with people with hoarding disorder, it's definitely not all junk, that's for sure. Um, and with collectors, it's it's unlikely to be, you know, rubbish or low value stuff, but it can happen, but it's less likely. And so you mentioned before that collectors usually have an easier time letting go of objects but what about stopping altogether? Um, I'm mm. assuming that people with hoarding disorder find it harder or, you know, find it almost impossible to stop the acquisition. Do collectors have a an easier switch to flick, do you think? Yeah. Uh, yes, because of the mental illness because, I mean, unless the collector themselves also has a mental illness that, that gets in the way, uh, they collectors can, uh, will find it easier to yeah, decide that they've hit their boundary or they hit their limit or they don't have any room anymore or whatever um, and be able to stop collecting. Uh, sometimes they'll also move on to a different category. So they'll stop collecting one sort of thing and switch to something else. But, uh, yeah, they definitely find it a lot easier. People with hoarding disorder, um, it's virtually impossible. And then talking of categories, I guess that's, a really clear distinction is that people that collect are generally limited to some kind of category um, mm. where people with hoarding disorder, you know, usually have a broad range of, of items yeah. that they're holding on to. Yeah. Everything's – this. the thing with um, hoarding disorder is that uh, there are more connections in the brains of people with hoarding disorder than those without the condition. And so what that means is that they they can actually see more in an, in an item than the rest of us mere mortals. You know, they've got this superpower. It's almost like they can, they've got these magic glasses that they mm-hmm. can look through and see more in an item than what we can. And so when they can see so many unique attributes of a, an item or 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 even uses or a great deal of potential for an item, that makes that item incredibly valuable. And when something is really valuable, it is harder to let go of. So when something, the more unique something is, the more valuable it is. And the more valuable it is, the harder it is to let go. And because items are so unique to people with hoarding disorder, because of that little superpower they have, then they find it much harder to then let go of those belongings. Because, you know, why wouldn't you keep something that was unique in the universe, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it would be something that, you know, makes sense that they would want to keep it. So do you think people with hoarding disorder then have a sentimental attachment to their belongings or is it more aspirational or is it kind of a whole new 
attachment separate to either of those things, you know? Yeah, it's. I think it stands alone. Mm. It's got – and, I mean, if you've met one person with hoarding disorder, you've met one person with hoarding disorder because even though they, their behaviours are often very similar to each other, their, the, the, their life and the lead up to it and the, the, the things that they have experienced and um, the way they – the relationship they have with their belongings is is always different because you know they're different people. So, so yes, there will be some that have sentimental elements. Uh, a lot have sentimental elements, and I think there is a great deal of kind of sentimental or nostalgic. But it, it's sort of not exactly that. It's something a little bit different because quite often people with hoarding disorder have suffered a trauma at some point, and so it's often related to that trauma in some way as Mm. well, um, which puts it in a whole different category again. And I think one thing that is often overlooked or generalised or downplayed is that people with hoarding disorder can be incredibly intelligent people. Mm, Um, They are. You know, and the ingenuity and the... The opportunity to see the potential in items. One of the um, people I worked with, the potential they saw in things was fascinating. Like I Mm. would see, you know, like you mentioned before, I'd see a pile of fabric and think, oh, yeah, you could make some dresses or some curtains. But for her, in her mind, the potential was thousands of different options. Mm. Um, And not just you could, but I will. You know, yeah. I will I will make this and I will do this and I will, you know, when I get to it, which of course was not was not happening, but she had mm. um a real sense of belief that sh- that those things would be actualized uh when mm. she had all the right tools and the time and the the opportunity at her disposal to to make those things happen and it was just phenomenal the vision she had for some mm. of that stuff and you know, you and I've um come across people that have collected spare parts and rebuilt entire car bodies, you know, in, in their yards or in their houses from from things they're finding on the side of the road. And it's I think that's mm. part of it that's really overlooked. We kind of so often, and the media really doesn't help us with this, you know, portray no, people with hoarding disorder <laughs> just as people that live in squalor that refuse mm. to clean or have an inability to clean and maintain their home and it's just it's not that simple. No. And yes, people with hoarding disorder do tend to have above average IQs. They're really smart, interesting people. And you'll often find this is why books are collected a lot and newspapers and information, you know, information is hoarded a lot because it's, you know, it's so in they're interested in everything, you know, uh, and that's their intelligence that's 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 fueling this intense curiosity and interest in, in everything. So, um, yeah, really smart people for sure. Mm. And it's quite endearing that they are not prepared to part with things that will enhance their intelligence. You know, the fact that newspapers mm. need to be kept because there might be something in there that they need or books need to be yeah, kept because something they want they, to learn. They want to yeah. learn. Where so many mm. of us are like, nah, I'll never get around <laughs> to reading care. that. Like yeah. you go, you know, like and it doesn't bother us that the information yeah, that in we're that losing will never that be be learnt where they're they're attached to it because they see that potential and want yeah. have the desire to 
to be able to, to get know that, that information. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah, fascinating. Exactly. Another difference is that ca- um, collectors are more likely to put boundaries around their collections in some way. They don't all do it, but they're more likely to do it and they're more likely to be able to control the volume using boundaries. And by saying, I, you know, I only collect Star Trek, I don't collect Star Wars as well, I just collect Star, Star Trek stuff. And, uh, or I only collect football cards prior to 1970 or something like that. There's boundaries around the, the collections. Um, you know, I only keep figurines of cats, not dogs. You know, I only keep enough that will fit in that whole room or whatever. There's boundaries there, which are, are much less likely with, with somebody with hoarding disorder. So would people that collect items then put more energy into the seeking? Because they are, you know, their focus is narrower do you think they put more energy into acquisition of specific items or would people with hoarding disorder put as much energy into finding specific things to keep? I don't know the answer to that one really. I think it might just differ from person to person. And I guess if if people with hoarding disorder are acquiring items from a wide range of, of categories, there might be some things that they would take the time and put a lot of energy to seek out, but then there would be other things that come into their life pretty easily, like mm. um, packaging. The things or- that are plentiful. Newspapers come in easily, you know. Mm. That's something they don't have to, to go out and search for that because it arrives on the doorstep every day for mm. them. So that's something that, that – so they – I think people with hoarding sort of still put a lot of energy into acquiring things, but because they acquire a broad range, some things come easier than others, whereas collectors might find everything hard work to, to acquire. Depending on the collection, of course. So we haven't obviously dedicated this entire episode to, you know, hoarding disorder because that's a, a really big topic. But I think that we've covered the differences and the similarities between collecting and hoarding or the hoarding with a capital H. And I guess we've covered the other hoardings as well. So this is not a comprehensive rundown of hoarding disorder that there's a it's a lot larger topic than that Uh, but hopefully we've given you a bit of information uh, so that you know when to use what word in what situation Mm, absolutely and just an awareness of the difference so that you know maybe you you say the the term hoarding either with a lowercase or hoarding disorder with a with an uppercase for appropriate behavior and then don't yeah don't misappropriate the word i guess mm. because because of the stigma attached to it as well and yeah to, it can to, do harm yeah and mm. to give collectors their place you know because they do have a yeah. a unique place and and most collectors are quite happy to be recognized as collectors and probably yeah. would be a bit yeah you know because of the stigma confounded not by really the idea. want to be yeah, and they they might not want to be labelled um, as somebody who hoards. Uh, and so knowing the differences is quite helpful, I think. So, yeah, if you'd like to discuss this with us further, you can do so in our Facebook community group uh, and we will see you here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.